You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. <laughs> you just heard a laugh. And that laugh comes from somebody we haven't heard from for a while. It's our good friend Mark Jackson, the deep space resident, as opposed to residents plural. Well, I was just saying I was happy to be able to pick up a signal to be able to talk to you guys tonight. It's not always that I can get a shot over to terra firma, but I'm happy to join you. It's good. Terra firma. You have not been in space, of course. Uh, Gene, I'm, it's deep space out here, man. I'm not sure when I'll ever make it back around. Like I said, I'm just happy to be able to pick up a signal. Well, that sounds good. We're glad to have you join us. We're going to kind of catch up. Something we used to do regularly on the Paracast way back when with our previous co-host, but Randall and I have not had a chance to play catch-up. And so we're going to do it this week. I guess we should start with our guest last week. I know, Mark, you didn't hear the show yet, but we had Lorian Fenton, who's very much involved in UFOs, conspiracy theories, experiencing. She's a jack-of-all-trades. And when they say that, they also say a master of none. And the reason I bring that up is because some people who heard the show in our forums really think she gets some of her facts a little bit scrambled. Randall? Yeah, we had a comment from Steve uh, Weber on the forum. And I think it's fine when people point out that there's factual errors that are made by our guests. That's okay. But like I was saying in response as well, you know, I, I'd say that Lorian is a paranormal personality with genuine enthusiasm for the subject matter and that she made a very good guess, even if she gets her wires crossed once in a while. Like when a guest comes on, you can't expect them always to be perfect. And the show isn't just about facts and figures. Like we have a good time just discussing this subject. There are people who are late at night who listen to the show, and they just like to hear people talk and and discuss the subject in a friendly way. So there was a lot of really positive stuff that she had to say as well. I think, of course, people are expecting facts. They're interested in facts. We live in a world, though, where we have alternative facts. So if somebody kind of sort of gets them wrong, I can understand the issues. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's one of the reasons we have the forum is for people to say, hey, you know, well, what about this or that? I mean, we appreciate people listening for sure and making comments on the forum. But we also want to try to be friendly about it. You know, we don't want to make people feel that they've wasted their time coming on the show or anything like that. So this is something that somebody sort of taught me one time. It's like, hey, if you're going to complain about something, always be prepared to offer a solution. Always be prepared to say something positive as well. And not to just simply constantly point out people's flaws, you know, say only on a few points in a two hour long show, because the show is a lot more than that. It's supposed to be informative and that's good. But it is more than that, especially when you're dealing with personalities like Lorian, who is out in the ufology culture and is part of that culture herself. So us just bringing her to our audience and having them interact with her is a really good way to go, I think. Hey, Randall, did you say that uh, this guy you guys had on last week was an experiencer? Did I hear you say that when you were, began there? She has had some experiences. 
and she was talking a bit about them on the show. I wouldn't want to try and repeat them here because I'm not sure that I remember them exactly the way that she would describe them, but she does host a radio show too. It's called the the Fenton files and she does the UFO con 2020. So she's very busy. She's got a lot of things on her plate and you know, it's possible to get your wires a little bit crossed when you're, when you're talking and you're just trying to make things up on the go in a casual conversation. You know, I think it's perfectly forgivable At, at the same time. We do need to be, how shall I say, constructively critical and use our common sense and try to get our facts straight, too, because that's what the Paracast has always claimed it's been about, separating the signal from the noise. And she is out there on what I'd call the fringe in some things. Okay, here's an example. She was. We started talking about mind control. When I first was looking at her mind control... Uh, claims in her talk and so i was like oh man like you know this is this could get way out there but as we started talking about it she was bringing up actual factual studies that the government was doing then we started getting into things like advertising and that the psychology behind it and we know that they hire psychologists to study how people behave, what kind of colors affect them, what sort of sounds affect them. They know that certain colors at a certain time of day is going to trigger a a food response, and that's why we get food commercials at a certain time of day. And after a certain amount of time and being exposed to the media the way it is, it drives civilization and society in in a direction that the media wants. That really is a form of mind control. I think. I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but it's not as out there as we might first expect someone who's in the field of ufology to be talking about because these are these are known ways that people's behavior is being affected by society at large. Yeah, it's it's so overt now, in my opinion, Randall, the way that media obviously uh, uses, you know, psychology against us, etc., Again, I just think that if you're going to have an adult conversation with anybody today, that has to be just a requisite going into most conversations, right? So what was it, man, that triggered her? Or I'm sorry, not her. What was it that she did that triggered the forum people? Because I haven't been back to the forum in a little bit. But what specifically was it? What, what was the actual point of conflict? If you don't mind me asking, I mean, there needs to be a resolution to this. So if you could sum it up, obviously, I didn't hear the show last week, but I will be going back. Uh, maybe that will help put a bow on it. Uh, we got into the JFK conspiracy, the assassination conspiracy a bit. And, mm-hmm. and she was um, saying that it was um, the, the, the sort of like the Warren brothers, she called them when I think she meant the Warren commission. So she just kind of got some of her names, I think a little bit mixed up or incomplete as there. And in Lyndon B. Johnson was responsible, sort of in her view, that, that, that you know, he was behind the whole thing. And, uh, you know, I want to bring this out first, Randall. She did not originate the theory, obviously, that LBJ was responsible. No less right. than a certain convicted felon named Roger Stone had written about that many years ago. It is one of the conspiracy theories, maybe one of the lesser ones, but it is a conspiracy theory. Well, a lot of people think Roger Stone is Q, Anon, or whatever. You know, that, 
that's kind of been a running thing in the background as well, just to throw that in there. You know, if, if the folks listening, look, there are people who have done exhaustive efforts looking into this, you know, and we're going to, we could paraphrase a lot of stuff, but for example, Daniel Litz, who, by the way, man, he's got an agenda. Definitely. I mean, he has his perspective. He's got a great show, great following, but he's done a lot of actual hard research into the JFK connection, uh, into Johnson, um, Bush senior, et cetera. In fact, I think he's on like episode, I don't know, 80 of like a, a, an 80 part series over a couple of years on this whole expert tech UFO file thing. So anyway, if you guys want to go where there's an endless resource on that subject, Daniel, it's dark journalist. He's probably a, a, a good resource if you want. Yeah. So again, people have exhausted these topics and just with a little bit of heavy lifting, uh, up front, you're, you know, you'll find a ton of information readily available on the subject. So if there was any discrepancies, et cetera, it's just not hard anymore. There's, it's just, there's been some objective journalism done on the subject and just go, go read for yourself. To be sure, this is endlessly, endlessly fascinating. We really haven't approached the rabbit hole yet. We're going to take a break, know, guys, and then we'll rejoin our special Shop Talk Roundtable with Gene Randall and Mark. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. We can all agree these are troubled times, right? So do you know who's on your wireless network? Whether it's a big company selling your data or a foreign hacker, if you're not protected, everybody sees your information. That's why you need Flash Routers, a custom Wi-Fi router created for privacy. Flash Routers uses a virtual private network or VPN to protect your online activity from hackers, trackers, and large corporations. And not just one, but all your devices with one out-of-the-box setup. Plus, Flash Routers also enhances your wireless network performance and unlocks powerful router management tools to let you take total control of your network. Call or click Flash Routers today at 1-866-509-5817 or F-L-A-S-H-R-O-U-T-E-R-S.com. That's 1-866-509-5817 or FlashRouters.com. Protect your wireless home network today with Flash Routers. 
you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll-free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus doesn't grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pau Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pau Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're continuing with Mark Jackson, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy. Before we get on with what Mark was telling us about this radio show, my interest in the JFK assassination goes back to the 60s. And a guy named Mark Lane, ever hear of him? He wrote. Elaborate. Okay, he wrote a book called Rush to Judgment. He was one of the first or early JFK conspiracy theorists. He was a former stage legislator in New York, a lawyer. And I don't know if he ever returned to the legislature, but he was giving these lectures out. And I don't even think we paid for it. If we did, it was very cheap. And we saw him with slides and everything. Remember, it's the 60s. Showing us why the rifle, this Italian-made rifle that Lee Harvey Oswald purportedly used, could not have made those shots as fast as they did. Segway to the 70s, where they had a special select house committee looking into the assassinations, and they concluded... It was probably due to a conspiracy, and that was the end of it. Yeah, and pick it up from there and go exhaust yourself, right? Because this story just never goes away, and it's an endless amount of speculation. Obviously, it's much like the Jeffrey Epstein thing. It's like, a, you know, it's unacknowledged, but it's out in the open, however you want to call that. I mean, the dude didn't kill himself, right? JFK didn't get assassinated by Oswald. It's just like, how do we let these things perpetuate? 
I mean, it was good. People, they, you know, these narratives persist and we all know it's basically BS. And for some reason, there's a tolerance built into our society right now, Gene, where we're just willing to live with these kind of open lies, you know? I take it you accept the conventional wisdom, but bear in mind also the way the country was during the 60s, the early 60s. We believed the government. The government had a vested interest in getting rid of the case, in resolving the case as soon as possible. So maybe they were right. It was a lone gunman. Or maybe they decided since Oswald's dead anyway, let's just wrap it up and not create a problem. What you know, the whole JFK thing is really about Oswald struggle behind the scenes. You know, that's the whole problem. Well, Oswald's conveniently dead, you know, assassinated too. You know, the whole thing, there's definitely there's something fishy about the whole thing. It's another lie we live with, Randall. We just assume that, you know, the guy got shot from another mobster. Yeah, right. I mean, come on, man. It's just, I don't know. It's word of the point now where some of these things are so, again, the word overt, but it just it's, it's becoming laughable. And I'm worried for the credibility of the U.S. government, not just abroad, but I think internally, too. I mean, come on. Some of hey, this, I, stuff, I'm, some of this like, stuff is laughable. Yeah, but you know what? My favorite, you know, maybe it's laughable, but, you know, I like the whole Bryce Zabel thing. You know, he's been our guest on our show. We're in dark right, skies, yeah. right? Yeah. Where where it's all tied into the UFO conspiracy. It, it may not be true. It might seem laughable to some people. But then we find that just days before his assassination, he'd requested all the UFO information out of NASA and wanted to take it to the people. You know, here we have we know we've had this huge secret in the government for years. That's basically been proven now that they've been lying to us all along about not being interested in UFOs because they have been with this whole aerial threat identification program thing coming out. And then plus, you've got the stuff that Greenwald has found, right? Like Air Force Instruction 10-206 that he came across, which is a whole reporting system for unidentified flying objects that they'd been revising all the way up through the 2000s. And so it's for them to say they're not interested in it or that it doesn't have anything to do with national security, it's just ridiculous. What's interesting to me is all of a sudden the story comes out. We have this article in the New York Times. Leslie Kane is one of the authors. By the way, Leslie will rejoin us on the Paracast in January. Can't wait till that happens. We can ask her more about the background. In the meantime, suddenly we learn that courtesy of former Senator Harry Reid and his good buddy and contributor to his campaigns, Bob Bigelow, got the Pentagon to spend, what, $22 million, which, by the way, if you compare it to the Pentagon's budget, it's like a dollar and a half. And that's kind of on the high side. But compared to our budget, it's like we could, you know. I'll take a half million. Don't need the rest. Okay, so Gene, Harry Reid... Uh, ATIP, blah, blah. You guys, I don't know how much you guys have unpacked the ATIP thing on this program over the last number of months, et cetera. But I mean, you know, like in, for when I think about ufology right now, I have like my current events category, they have the historical and you have ongoing research, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, this Harry Reid stuff, ATIP, I mean, these, those words are actually just like catchphrases that are almost kind of cycled out of the ufology news cycle if you're what's the right word 
a psycho on social media, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So whether it's the UFO Twitter community, etc., I mean, we're down in the weeds now, thank you to a bunch of really good reporting, as you've just mentioned. For example, um, the folks over at The Drive, Tyler Rogaway and um, Tim McMillan, et cetera. And we can talk about those guys. But it's, it's I don't know. Anyway, I'm just out here mentioning to you guys that the kind of bleeding edge of ufology is way past A-Tip and Harry Reid. Um, and we can talk about what like the current um, narratives are that are going on that I think are are, are well past uh, those particular actors, characters, et cetera. Well, okay, we well, have to point that. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to do it. It's like we have to point right? out quickly, guys, that this particular story is 50 years old. We could talk about this in the 50s. It could have happened in the 50s. It would be current. But to pretend it's an all-new study of UFOs, finally, the military is interested, forgetting I'm the Project you, Blue Book existed. As you say, this is the past tense. And what's funny, you know, I don't know if we have to go to break here, but I'll just mention that, like, I've actually took a break from ufology over the last few months because it, there was such a log jam of BS going on around this ATIP stuff and everybody taking sides. You got the blue chicken cult on one side, you got the dark journalist on the other. We have uh, discrepancies over people trying to trademark the, and copyright the name Secret Space Program. Then we got the Luis Elizondo deal where uh, the Pentagon says one thing, the Air Force says the other. People got fired, rehired. We try to revalidate everything. Uh, and then there's this huge schism in the UFO Twitter verse where it's become combative, you know, uh, as a platform. So, I mean, ufology well, the, is like melting right now in the latest some thing, perspectives. The, the latest thing is this whole metamaterials debate. That's oh, going yeah. On. I want to talk about metamaterials. Good, Randall. I'm ready, man, whenever you want to do that, because that is one of my current event uh, topics that I can't get enough of right now. You know yeah, what? Well, we, we can't get do. enough of this show, and we're going to break. We've got Mark Jackson, Gene Steinberg, Jay Randall Murphy, and we're doing basically a Shop Talk episode. We used to do these all the time, every few months, with our previous co-host, just to kind of catch up and see what was going on. We haven't in quite a long time, and I think it's about time that we did it. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. 
USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump is once again expressing confidence that the House won't vote to impeach him. He said he was just trying to root out corruption in Ukraine when he withheld nearly $400 million in military aid. He spoke about the impeachment investigation on Fox and Friends. I think it's very hard for them to impeach you when they have absolutely nothing. But Democrats, who just wrapped up public hearings, say the president was trying to pressure Ukraine to investigate his political rival, Joe Biden, and his son. They've looked like fools over the last five days. Then later, the president lashed out at U.S. Embassy official in Ukraine, David Holmes. He accused him of lying during his testimony in front of the House Intelligence Committee about the president's July phone call with Gordon Sondland, the U.S. ambassador to the European Union. This is USA Radio News. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800 I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. 800-854-1055. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. That's right, annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. 800-932-1789. 800-932-1789. That's 800-932-1789. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So, Mark, you're looking at a new paradigm, kind of forgetting this old-fashioned stuff. You're hinting at a lot. Tell us more. Well, actually, let's go back, and then we'll go forward. So I was just thinking to myself today with, uh, like, like uh, social environments, uh, whether that be at work, for those of you suckers that work with other people, sorry. And then there's, you know, just as social environments with your family, uh, out at maybe getting a cocktail at happy hour, or maybe you're having dinner with some friends, et cetera. But you can have like a really good UFO, what we call UAP conversation today. And I've found on a personal level that because I was the 
fringe guy talking about these things 10 years ago. Now that they're getting so much uh, media coverage or what I would call this current wave gene of, of media coverage, it, it's given me like a type of um, influence that I don't deserve. And I start thinking to myself, you know, I'm a scientist. I was trained in, you know, applied scientists. But then there's a lot of people in the UFOs that are having these same conversation out at bars and they probably sound so smart. And the truth is they're probably a bunch of jackasses, you know. And so here we go round and round <laughs> again. And it's just it's fascinating where ufology is because of the explosion that the ATF, more specifically the video. Let's not get confused. ATF came out because of these videos that came out. Let's see if I can do this in the right order. Okay, the videos came out because somebody inside was disgruntled. We think it was Luizondo. But it's really about the videos and the fact that the Navy validated that they were U.S. government property at some point, whether they were leased properly or not. And that's only the conversation. Right. There's a chain of custody there that is indisputable. These are definitely military. Yeah, It's like not some fake thing. That's for sure. So that's a big deal, right? That's the big deal. It has nothing to do with all this other stuff, you know? And it's, it's um, let's go back to my, let's go back to the, the just the overall ufological observation. And that is, I mean, you can regurgitate so much stuff on the internet today. And as Gene was alluding to before, I think that last break, nothing is new, right? Yeah, Solomon, then, nothing's okay. new under the sun. Like what did, what actually is new? And then there are a few things there are a few things, but we've got excited before, and and I'm with Gene on this one. I'm just kind of stepping back for a little bit because people got pretty worked up. But then again, I mean, aren't then aren't I mean, we're doing shop talk here, so yeah, let's, I mean, let's let's do shop talk. I mean, then aren't we just as guilty as everybody else of regurgitating things? You know, uh, it, it, you know, Steve on the forum, he makes a really good point in in one sense, like our previous guest. For Lorian Martin Willis, he really liked Martin Willis, and he was suggesting that, well, you know, maybe we should have taken a Martin Willis approach with Lorian Fenton, because once you get so far out into the fringe on things, people lose interest. They drop off of, you just lose them. Their eyes glaze over. That's it. Well, you know, so what? On the flip side, though, there are people who find the cultural aspects interesting. Find the talk in the bars interesting. It's a part of what makes up um, the field as a whole is people's interest in the subject. So we're, how do you guys think we should take the show? Should we move it towards more of a structured show where we have specific segments that are all about certain subjects that we've researched out and we bring people uh, information that we've done our investigative reporting on like as if we have that budget or do we just do this more casual conversation where we find interesting people and we just talk about the subject matter like which way should we go with it i think if we're going to consider this we should vary the pace that's my perception vary the pace have the traditional guests have special round tables have things devoted to a certain subject, deal more with news events. I think it's more interesting to people if they don't know what to expect and there is no routine. Certainly, we've changed the routine this week. We don't have a guest. We have just the three of us talking shop. Well, we have a lot more than that, Gene. We get, I mean, we got some, uh, I mean, we got some serious uh, 
uh, current events to go through here. I mean, in ufology, I mean, let's start picking this stuff apart. I mean, we got the effect of uh, what the Navy patents, for example, have done to the physics community. Um, and I'll just, you know, for example, oh, if you go to like Atomic Insights, for example, this is a, a, a really, I mean, this is the nuclear, you know, all the nuke heads out there, you know, this is like their website. But, you know, they're discussing these these patents with these, uh, the, the Navy patents. We haven't even discussed Navy patents. Metamaterials, Randall, you brought up metamaterials. I mean, just the whole idea of um, the idea of Linda Moulton Howe and Art Bell's original, you know, uh, metamaterials now making its way, you know, through the ranks back up to to the stars and potentially, you know, with these new up and coming quantum metamaterial people like Deep Prasad and, you know, some of these other Twitterverse people. But how, exactly, like everybody grabs onto these buzzwords, but what do they really mean? Okay, so if we go, let's, well, let's, let's dig uh, into it. Let's pick it apart. Pick one. Okay, well, so you you uh, brought up the um, the blueprints for, and uh, I took a I've I've taken a brief look at that. To me, they just look like concept. I I don't see any necessarily you know hard engineering going on with them. But you know maybe if you look into it deeper, then you know what's your perspective? Okay, so I would again, what I do is I go to these, um, you know, I go to the websites, typically journals or periodicals, if I can, of people that I think are, you know, credible. You know, look, there's an article here in Forbes recently, for example, it was something along the lines of, you know, Americans' energy dominance due to these uh, new Navy uh, compact room temperature supercomputer fusion reactors. Okay, I don't know what one of those looks like. But here's the background. Uh, for some reason, the Navy felt uh, about four weeks. No, it's longer than four weeks ago now. And I think uh, the guys over at the Black Vault and then, of course, the, uh, the guys over at the War Zone part of the drive have really picked this apart. Um, if you want the details, you can just go there. It's no, we don't need to spend time here. However, the idea is this, this, this leading, uh, lead, you know, I, I don't know what position he held in the, in the Navy. And everybody knows, by the way, the Navy is their own part of the military. They won World War II. Everybody else, like, there's the Navy, and then there's the rest of the U.S. military. So the way that the Navy plays into this whole, I, you know, the, the fact that this, that these uh, Tic Tacs events, the Nimitz 2004, 2015 events, et cetera, took place while the Navy's best pilots were in the air and they were using the most advanced radar on the planet because the Navy gets the best toys. These are coincidences. I digress. Um so we got metamaterials that's coming out. We got the the, the people at the drive. Um, by the way, let's talk about the people at drive for a second in, in terms of current event. Uh, Tim McMillan, Tyler Rogaway, they're doing what Nick Cook did for Jane's. I don't know if you're the, the listeners are familiar with Jane. Jane's is like the premier aeronautics and aerospace journal, and he you know he was the guy that ended up writing the the search for zero point or the hunt for zero point book. Which I'm a big fan of, by the way, and uh, the physics in that book are coming back around, ironically, uh, due to some of this patent stuff. But anyway, so, um, uh, you know, a lot of the historic people are getting pulled back in because of these patents, because we're looking, is there a foundation historically for these technologies being viable at any level? And I'll stop there because I'm kind of ranting. I'm open to questions on it. I've looked into it myself. But, I mean, here, you know, here we have... Uh, like you said, Randall, it looks like a bunch of drawings, but conceptually, do these things work? Now, if you guys don't know the way the patent works, 
you have to kind of get a thumbs up from somebody in a position of authority to get a patent pushed through the office. You can't just roll in there and be like, hey, man, here's my whiz bang and it's going to work. Trust me. No. I mean, in order to get these patents through the office, they had to have some very uh, big hitters, you know, you know, step up for them and say, no, this needs to go through immediately. We We need to fast track this. Let's fast track. Let's walk. fast track these announcements, and we'll learn more about that. We're doing the roundtable, long-awaited roundtable, with Gene, Mark, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. We all hear the stories in the news. The good guy uses a gun to protect his family from criminals, and he's the one arrested. The legal system is not fair, and responsibly armed Americans are political targets. So here's how you can take a simple and rewarding journey to complete self-defense confidence. Simply text GCN to 87222 to discover how the USCCA can give you the training, education, legal, and financial protection you need to truly protect the people you love. Don't risk everything and leave your family vulnerable. Now it's time to prepare and protect yourself. So if you're ready to take your next step as a responsibly armed American, you're ready to truly become your family's ultimate protector. Text GCN to 87222. Discover your life-saving USCCA member benefits today. Again, that's text GCN to 87222. 
When you have a pain in the neck, Ugh. a real pain in the neck, back, shoulder, or legs, you now have two convenient choices to get fast relief without taking another pill. Because now, Sunny Bay heating wraps and pillows are available at both Amazon and Walmart. Yes. See Sunny Bay's four and a half to five star customer reviews on Amazon.com or Walmart.com. Our microwavable heat wraps, heatable neck pillows, and extra large body wraps are designed better for perfect support. Support where and when you need it. Even while driving, Sunny Bay wraps will not burn and stay balanced to provide soothing hot or cold therapy to help treat temporary or chronic pain. And the best part, Sunny Bay quality products started under $20. Join thousands of happy customers and see why Sunny Bay products have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. It's easy. Click Amazon or Walmart and search today for Sunny Bay. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You're talking here about you can't have the guys in the garage get a patent. It's got to be Apple, Microsoft, Google. Is that what you're saying? No, I don't know that for sure. I mean, you can get a patent in a lot of different ways and it, it, you know, et cetera. But I think that what was interesting was how these patents were pushed through, who pushed them through. And, you know, you know I don't, I'm not writing a book on this stuff or, and I don't get paid to research it. But again, if you guys go to the, the war zone over at the drive, you can Google it or whatever. It's an inexplicable amount of information. Now, what's interesting about these patents is there's, there were four of them total, and I'm going to paraphrase for time's sake here, but let's talk about it. Let's break them down. Okay, there's four of them. One is a compact room temperature fusion reactor. All right. What, is, what the hell is that? You got to look it up. But this is a device that we've been dreaming about for a long time, right? This is basically you know, a, a, a power source or a power plant. If scaled to the appropriate level, you know, it can be uh, all these these cosmic technologies, uh, you know, automatically become realized. So, do we really have one of these? You know, I don't know. However, what has this done in the physics world? Well, if you go to phys, what is it? Phys.org. They got you guys. Can understand these patents coming out have really reverberated into actual, you know, to the actual sciences. Phys- Here's the thing: you get these, you know, videos, and again, I was talking earlier about how these videos were such a big deal why the video is a big deal the videos are a big deal for what sensors took the videos for in first place okay so there's a lot more metadata behind the video that was never available with previous like radar systems right so the at FLIR system collects all the bearings as but you know it has all this metadata behind the video itself that just wasn't available before so when you look at flight path and trajectories and which i know was a big deal with the scu uh, folks over there that are crunching, you know, some some of the uh, aerodynamics of these flight path, you know, paths that were recorded in these videos. These are a big deal in, in physics because they're doing things that we weren't expected, right? And so, if we're going to take these uh, Navy pilots um, and also the corroborating radar evidence, not only uh, the S one spy system that was getting tested on. The Princeton, yeah, the SS Princeton 2004. Anyway, so the S1 radar, and then they got the at, at FLIR forward-looking infrared system, et cetera. So, you know, we're getting all of this metadata 
And all of that metadata has to be looked at and crunched by all these physicists. And then what these physicists are coming up with right now is, this, you know, this is breaking the laws of physics because of all the metadata. It doesn't have to do with the video. It has to do with everything else they collected on these particular objects with these particular sensor systems, et cetera. So now physicists are saying, look, if this is possible, we just haven't figured it out yet. So I'm sensing some reinvigoration in uh, metaphysics, you get the quantum mechanic folks. You know, have you guys ever thought about this? How come quantum mechanics has just like blown up on the scene uh, or quantum physics has at, right at the same time that all this UFO stuff is going on? Now, I don't hear people talking about that. Like something happened, maybe in Silicon Valley. I don't know. But, you know, this we're in terms of computing and the emergence of, you know, this modern take on UFOs. It's beyond coincidence in my mind, but I digress. I wanted to bring this up. I want to bring this up. This is something that came out in the New York Times, by the way, which some call the failing New York Times, but that's nonsense. This is back on October 23rd. Google claims a quantum breakthrough that could change computing. Now, it's quite preliminary, and Google is very, very notorious for coming up with great inventions that are half-baked, and most of them disappear. Some go into beta mode and then disappear, and very, very few become real products. But this is something where Google has people with the smarts to create something like this. So this may be one road to where you're talking about. Yeah, so Sean Carroll, famous quantum physicist, famous because he's, a, he's loud. <laughs> he has a platform, podcast, etc., but recently, I don't know if you're, well, hopefully the audience recognizes Roger Penrose. Roger Penrose, of course, did work in the 70s on black holes with the Hawking, et cetera. Anyway, and it's interesting in this modern era with quantum physics, et cetera, uh, you know, I would think that quantum physics, you know, I, for a long time there, you guys, I thought, oh, this is, this is you know, me being ignorant, but, you know, we're going to integrate AI into this quantum stuff. Which, by the way, in terms of hardware, quantum and quanta and the ability to measure them uh, remotely, et cetera, is, is pretty darn close. So it's not all or nothing. The quantum stuff is obviously playing a role in much of this. However, it was interesting because Penrose was on, was listening to him talk about Einstein and Schrodinger. You know, I didn't know this. I didn't read Hawking's book, uh, Brief History of Time, I think was the name of it. But in there, Hawking is talking about how Penrose... Uh, the, the famous Schrodinger's cat experiment was actually about how stupid the quantum <laughs> theory was and how absurd it was. And, you know, and that was taken straight from Einstein. And, and, and a lot of people have put a lot of overstock into quanta and quantum. However, the computing part of it, in other words, in terms of the hardware could be promising. But in terms of the universe and in, in terms of the, the, what we would call the general state, doesn't even the people that thought of it aren't big fans anymore, which is really interesting because why is that interesting? Why is that? Interesting? It's interesting because if you look at the Navy patents, all the technologies in the Navy patents have nothing to do with particle science it has to do with field and waves. Right. So quanta and wave collapse is kind of like passe, you know, which is really interesting timing. So if you look at the Navy patents, it's all about torsion fields and it's all about uh, basically ether science, if you want to be if you want to just be daring and call it that. But it's about field and electromagnetism. 
So isn't that interesting? We're in this era of quanta and AI, and then there's this renaissance of uh, basically uh, dielectric uh, electromagnetic field physics. Interesting times. You know, we really need to tell our listeners some of what you're saying, how it has a practical meaning. We're not all scientists here. Well, uh, point Gene, I think essentially that we don't really understand physics and there's a lot of possibility left to be discovered, um, very favorable things for us. And we're now creating instruments, particularly sensors, whether that be camera, um, non-visible spectra, you know, different types of field sensing technologies, but we're actually measuring and we're proving the fact that things are out there doing things that we can't account for. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing when you realize that you or at the beginning of the beginning rather than at the end of something, I think. And so that would be the message I would take. Well, there is some practical applications for all this if we can crack it open. And and that's just the thing. The whole idea behind exploring uh, our universe on its smallest scales is to try and figure out what it's made of and how it works how things come into existence in the first place. It seems a bit esoteric, and it is, but it's not as complex as a lot of people make it out to be. There's a lot of mystery around the whole idea of the quantum world. Well, Mark, as you were just saying, what we're dealing with there is simply quanta. So what we're breaking things down to is its smallest units that appear to be indivisible. And that's one way that we model the way that the universe is made. And then we can make predictions that make things work well. So for example, if we want a really practical application, we have our GPS units. So what we've learned about the way the world works through those processes allows us to have very significantly greater accuracy in things like our GPS units, our cell phones that uh, also have that feature in it, uh, satellite tracking, and a number of other things, being able to clear out noise from signals and other things. So exactly how it works, works at that very small scale. But you're absolutely right that there are conflicting views. There is the model of particles and quanta, then there's the model of, well, it's more like vibrating strings, and you get into the thing called string theory, and that the existence of things is just uh, a way that these, what they call strings, express themselves in a universe. But the latest thing that's come out is actually called Phoenix theory, and it deals with everything that exists in a sort of geometrical sense, where everything exists on a certain axis within a geometrical structure. And it's able to actually unify all of the different facets of physics into one cohesive theory, which is really amazing. And it's taking over. We have a thunderstorm here. So if you have strange noises, that's it. We've got so much more to talk about. Cutting edge science and more. With Gene, Mark, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Message and data rates may apply. Help! Seriously, I'm too young for hair loss. My hairline keeps creeping back. Receding? I've got this bald spot. Uh, it's thinning everywhere. I'm gonna have to give up and shave it. Dude. Put down the razor, because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is about to give you your real hair back permanently. Don't ignore the signs of hair loss. Bosley is giving away an absolutely free information kit that reveals all the signs and a free gift card to anyone who texts KIT88 to 85850. Bosley will show you for free how great your hair could look. Using the latest technology, Bosley's solution to hair loss is permanent and protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Plus, since Bosley has new non-surgical options, you owe it to yourself to text now for an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off, no matter what level of hair loss you have. Text KIT88 to 85850. K-I-T-88 to 85850. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. But to just kind of go back, dovetail back to the those tic-tac things, is it possible all of that is really just test aircraft, but they're covering it up as UFOs so we don't really know what they are? I don't think we're dealing with test aircraft because the performance of them is just too outrageous for that. I don't think that we have the capability to build craft that can perform like those things do yeah but, but they're there dude they're there when, well, when, when you say we can't build craft that can do that but you acknowledge there's craft that can do that i'm kind of like yo i put my pants on one leg at a time just like the guy in the next house over you know what i mean like so if, did we not get there yet what are we missing is it really a mystery you know i, I look at that kind of and fundamentally randall I'm just like, man, if it quacks, you know, if it walks and quacks, it's a duck, dude. And so I'm thinking the physics are, you know, it's possible. Or or are we just seeing holograms? Exactly. That's really what it boils down to. I mean, either it's possible or this is some sort of illusion. And you know what? Coming from a background, somewhat of a background of looking as an imagery and systems analyst, these systems are measuring these objects in multiple bands, multiple frequencies. I mean, they're real. I, I, you know, I'm just sorry. So pre-2004 Princeton incident, I was like, yeah, I don't think these things are real. You know, maybe I've never seen one. After I got to tell you guys, that's the importance of these videos. And I brought that up when we first started talking. 
When I look at these, and I know the sensor systems that are capturing this video, these things are real, 100% real. That means the physics are real, and that means we're just not there yet. Or, as we're bringing up, is it possible that we have this technology and it's for some reason being withheld from us? And, now, and by the way, there's a ton of good reasons to keep uh, fusion, room temperature, small cap, compact fusion reactors away from monkeys, right? They're going to blow something up. You know, I, there's a lot of cases to be made for the fact that, yeah, this could be ours. It's nuts and bolts. Schrodinger called Einstein an idiot flat out, so they didn't even agree. So some of this, like, foundational stuff, if you really read the literature, is pretty flimsy. You know, I don't know. It's kind of quacking to me, guys, to be totally honest with you. And we're not even talking about cataclysm yet. You know, in the way the fact for uh, crypto or what a lot of people called ultra terrestrial civilizations. I know previously on one of these other shows, we talked about it, but there, you know, look, if this is nuts and bolts there, it's more probable. It's more probable that this technology was created in the past on this planet, went off world and came back. than it is that some other beings from another galaxy came to this planet. Now that's just a perspective of mine on extraterrestrials. What does that have to do with the technology? Technology survives. Uh, written language, secret societies, uh, we, the secret space program. Here's something that's very interesting. Joseph Farrell, you guys, just to fill you in, recently has been focused on this, and he calls it going out of the speculation branch. However, if you look at the EU right now, and he did a little piece on this, the EU has a very aggressive space defense program that just got pushed through. France, for example, even, you know, in the MiGs of Brexit and even even the uh, the British, Brits have an aggressive space program. Why is all this space stuff coming out right now? Why is all this space stuff? I mean, it's like everybody's got to have a space force. All of a sudden we're in a hurry. Well, to me, what I pick up on with and, and I think uh, Dr. Farrow alluded to this is they know something that we don't know. You guys, OK, how to do cataclysm, cyclical stuff. We got an asteroid bearing down on us in 2029 that's supposed to pass really close to the moon. In 2068, we're supposed to get hit by something. Russian scientists say um, we got Oumuamua that people still today can't explain because the thing's accelerating away from the sun and not slowing down. I think that kind of ruffled some feathers. So yeah, we live in exciting times, if you want to put it that way. But I, I just think the physics have been thrown on their head. And so 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 have the experts. And, and by the way, that's so much room for barroom expertise because who the hell do you listen to anymore? I think that the skeptics would say, well, you, you listen to what you've got sufficient evidence for. And, you know, there's some sort of blueprints that come out of the patent office that talk about some cold fusion thing. Like when they see it running, when they actually can go and go, oh, yeah, there it is. I can measure it. And here comes the current off it. Well, they'll be convinced. And I'm pretty much the same in the same boat for that. And cold fusion has never been proven to my knowledge yet. And uh, so even hot fusion, you know, high temperature fusion, they're still working on the tokamaks and the other various designs. Maybe we'll get that, but some little miniature, you know, zero point type energy device from Stargate or something like that. I don't think we have it. I think that it's just, it, it's just some sort of theoretical concept. Somebody managed to get put down in blueprints and passed through the patent office. You know, in terms of patents, let me just say this in terms of patents, there is also, what we call defenses, defensive patents. 
such as Apple, for example, files loads of patents, loads of inventions, fascinating stuff related to their products, except only some of them are realized in products. And the reason they do that is to get all this stuff secured so other companies can't produce products that infringe on those patents. They also right. have these companies that do nothing but buy up patents and then sue people, even though those patents aren't being used by them or being used by these other companies. Yeah, that's exactly what happened in this case. The uh, director, um, chief technical officer for the Navy, who was one of the advocates uh, to have the patents approved, had said just that. He said that um, part of the concern to get the patents established now is because the uh, apparently the Chinese are working on similar technologies, and it basically it was just path of least resistance to the market. And so just exactly to your point, if you actually read the letters that accompany the patents to uh, the patent office, uh, you'll see as much uh, in, in plain English, English right there, Gene. That's a fact. Yeah, but if the Chinese infringe on intellectual property of any kind, we can't do anything about it. We haven't. No, I think that the, uh, I think this has to do with legal stuff. And so um, I don't really understand it. I think it's more about uh, U.S. Uh, legal uh, legalities in the U.S. Um, and I, I think it has less to do with what the Chinese are doing. Uh, isn't that interesting, though? Why would we be so concerned that the Chinese were, were, were uh, um uh, you know, trying to develop these same technologies. Here's a really interesting story to follow up. I think a lot of your listeners may not know this level of detail. So on the, um, or as a follow-up to the 2004, um, oh, I'm sorry, the Princeton incident, um, where they had the the AtFLIR video with the S1 spy radar that had just been rolled out, et cetera. Um, I had always thought, and a lot of people have thought, and Randall, you brought this up, is this, is this our technology or is it beyond us? Do we believe that we have room temperature superconductors? Blah, 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 blah. And then you get into these uh, patents and then you have this uh, guy, you know, the chief technical officer coming out from the Navy saying the Chinese are almost on the verge of getting these. We need to get our patents pushed through first, et cetera. So are these things real? Um, you got to go back to... Uh, a lot of the research that was done in the 1950s, and I know that Nick Cook just rang the heck out of this, but I went back and did some of my own, own research. Anti-gravity technology was a big deal in the 1950s, you guys. And then it just sort of dropped off. It just sort of dropped off. Um, oh, we got so much more with Mark Jackson, Gene Steinberg, Jay, Randall Murphy. A reminder also, we have that second radio show after the Powercast that supplements this show has totally different stuff you never know. So on this weekend's edition of After the Powercast, we'll not just feature regular UFO sighting updates from William Puckett, we'll hear from that cutting-edge commentator himself, Red Pill Junkie. You can't download that show until you subscribe to Powercast Plus. The Powercast Plus also offers a version of this show with enhanced audio free of the network ads. For more information... Check out plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We also offer some free stuff for long-term subscriptions. So Gene, Randall, and Mark, you're in The Paracast. Paracast. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. We can all agree these are troubled times, right? So do you know who's on your wireless network? Whether it's a big company selling your data or a foreign hacker, if you're not protected, everybody sees your information. That's why you need Flash Routers, a custom Wi-Fi router created for privacy. Flash Routers uses a virtual private network or VPN to protect your online activity from hackers, trackers, and large corporations. And not just one, but all your devices with one out-of-the-box setup. Plus, Flash Routers also enhances your wireless network performance and unlocks powerful router management tools to let you take total control of your network. Call or click Flash Routers today at 1-866-509-5817 or flashrouters.com. That's 1-866-509-5817 or flashrouters.com. Protect your wireless home network today with Flash Routers. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, folks, we're talking about things you may not know about, and we hope you're learning a few things. Mark Jackson is a scientist, really, really a scientist. I'm a writer and a journalist. Randall, well, he's a talk show host. He's a musician. He also writes. We all do lots and lots of things. Yeah, I encourage everybody to go to Randall's YouTube site where he has some some content he produced. Randall, your music's great. Uh, I went there and I was immediately a fan. And I hope you put out some more stuff. I I subscribed. I've I seen that you haven't put up much recently, and I know how busy we are, but I know that we're looking forward to it. Hey, thanks, Mark. You know, with that, I'm, I've been trying to, to do a song a month and put together a round table. And this is a really, speaking of shop talk, yeah, like we've had this announcement out a couple of times, but we're trying to put together a round table with some musicians as well. And of course, we know that they're out there. We've got like Joshua Kitchen out there, who's like a fine bass tuba player. We've got a number of other people out there, and we know people in the field of the paranormal tend to also be artists and musicians. I don't know what that connection is necessarily, but it's one of those things. So what we want is some indie artists to get in touch with us who's got some material they want to get out on the radio with that isn't a part of the whole performing rights organization thing. Some real indie people with some cool tunes and get them on the show and play a few songs and talk about what it's like to be a musician and a person who's interested in the paranormal. Get in touch with us. Send us an email. I think you're touching on something there. I know a gentleman that worked at the Battelle National Laboratories. He was actually uh, an understudy to two guys that were from the original Tesla branch uh, research. But anyway, he was one of the original patent holders and inventors for electric resistive heating and that's where we electrocute the ground to the point where we almost we can turn to glass if we want to it's how we we store radioactive uh waste actually it's called in situ vitrification but anyway the inventor of that we'll call him bill friend of mine he is an amazing bass player randall and he's this musician and it's such a juxtaposition or as you're pointing out probably it's not and it's probably more correlative but I mean, yeah, the guy's got chops and uh, he can play the bass, like, you know, and, and he's just this wild, mad scientist guy. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Like Nick Redfern, he likes to get out and shred on the guitar. Mac Maloney, who was another guest we had on, he's got some really good stuff out there, too. Check out, like, he was a guest back on September 29th. And uh, he's been in the business for years. He's done production work and everything. So, uh, yeah. And there's a couple, there's some other people out there as well. We just got to convince them to uh, bring some of their music and themselves on the show because that could be a lot of fun. When you talk of the music industry very briefly, it's nothing like it was years ago. It's corporations have taken it over. A lot of the music out there is homogenized, pasteurized. It sounds the same. And the real artists who have all the creativity and the original sounds it's almost impossible for them to break through. A Beatles or Rolling Stones or even Beach Boys, you know, of the early 60s, couldn't happen now, no equivalent. I guess it all just depends. It's It's been a really interesting bunch of research I've had to do 
getting reinvolved in it. But you know, we could save that for the show when it, when we finally get the people involved because there's a lot to be said about that. And this kind of brings up another thing for in terms of shop talk, it's sort of a direction for the show. Again, it, you know, it doesn't have to be always about the 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 cold hard facts of this or that. We like the cultural aspects of ufology here as well. Bringing on artists that are interested in the paranormal and UFOs who are also musicians to do the work. It's a really good way to showcase uh, talent and to get opinions from people who think a little bit outside the box. And just entertain people a bit, too, because radio is about providing some entertainment. People need to be interested in the show. You know, it reminds me of something that happened a long time ago. I was talking about the Paracast to someone who will go unnamed because he's a horrible person. And I said, you know, a good show has to have some entertainment value. It doesn't mean it's not factual. It has to have entertainment value for people to be interested. And he came back and said, oh, that's Steinberg. All he wants to do is do these shows for entertainment. That's it. Not seriously interested. You see how that can be distorted. Well, of course it can be distorted, but I think there's also a, quite a number of other people out there who recognize the value of the cultural side of ufology. The whole field is filled with color in that respect, and if you took it out, it'd just be this boring, bland, black and white bunch of documents that you've sift through for facts and figures and dates and times and names and places. And, and welcome to MUFON. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you see, yeah, also, I, you, you I think a... that the culture, the people attracted to UFO research, paranormal, people interested, that's part of the mystery. It really is. Definitely. And it's, what's really fascinating for me is that it is all tied together by this genuine mystery. Like uh, we were talking about earlier, like Mark, you brought up the point. Well, you know, you can you can get you can only come to one of two conclusions. It's either a real thing or it's a hologram. And um, what we got talking, you know, then you kind of went on to the to how, you know, your perspective of it. But recently we were talking with Kevin Randall about this. And I've brought this up a couple of times on recent shows in that, well, yeah, it actually could be a hologram. We could be dealing with some sort of really sophisticated uh, particle-type holographic projectors, and we know that they were experimenting with those. We've got the whole Starfire optical range uh, that's going on in White Sands. Uh, we know that radar can be spoofed. We know that there was some mysterious people on those ships that after this whole exercise, which was a training exercise, was over, came and took the recorders from the ships off to study them who knows where. We know that the objects behaved in a way as if they had foreknowledge of where the jets that were pursuing them were going to be. And that they also performed in ways that we figure are impossible. Well, a hologram can do that. It can look perfectly real. It can actually be, it can create plasma that could be picked up on a radar. And if you combine that with a whole naval training exercise and some super secret technology designed to maybe fool the enemy, I mean, if you can, if you're in a battlefield and you can make the enemy think that you've got a whole bunch of other aircraft coming in from another location and they can see it on their radar 
as well as see it visually, it's going to really throw a wrench into their plans. You know, spooking the opposition is part and parcel of the theories from James Carrion, who never responds when I ask him to come back on the show. He wrote a book called Rosetta Deception about World War II and ghost rockets and such. The Roswell Deception. The basic theory is that we ended up doing this stuff, creating these fake sightings or events strictly to make the Russians think we were far more advanced than we were, but that kind of practice can carry through year after year. More to come with Mark, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump said he wanted to listen at a lively White House debate on the subject of vaping. He's now eased off of what he announced two months ago, a ban of flavored vaping products. He took on the growing issue of underage vaping in a discussion with industry representatives, health experts, and anti-tobacco activists. We want to take care of our kids. The event on Friday contrasted sharply with the president's announcement in September, which raised the prospect of a widespread ban on flavored e-cigarettes. This time, he listened carefully and asked questions. What about the concept of every state decides? He said he's still thinking what he should do. Is that still your position no. today? You are going to be announcing very soon. Massachusetts has just become the latest state to take a stand prohibiting the sale of flavored vaping products and menthol cigarettes. This is USA Radio News. At the American Veterinary Medical Association annual convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org. 
Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your dish-authorized retailer now. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at ShopSuperTea.com or call 818-984-6100. That's ShopSuperTea.com, 818-984-6100, ShopSuperTea.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So my crazy theory there, well, it wasn't crazy because Randall started it. It's Randall's fault that Blame Randall. we might be doing things there to spook the opposition, spook the Russians, spook the Chinese. Well, Nick right. Redfern, he was. Yeah, I was just going to bring that know, up. Yeah, you know, he yeah, he's found documents saying that they interfered with the whole contactee movement back. In, so, I mean, it's it's not an unreasonable idea at all when you think about it. And you know, Kevin D. Randall, who was a professional uh, chopper pilot in the military, like he said, yeah, could very well be that is that makes a lot of sense actually. So, you know, when you've got someone of that caliber saying that. Well, you know, that perspective actually makes a lot of sense. It's worth taking seriously. Man, how to unpack this? You guys are bringing up something that you go in so many different directions. So well, let me just stick to holographic versus nuts and bolts for a second. So let's go back to what you said about the quote-unquote bricks being turned over to the MIBs that boarded the Princeton, for right. example, in 2004, right? Okay, so there's a gentleman by the name of Greg Voris, and he's basically the senior systems technician. He's the only one on the Princeton, I believe, at the time. So all anything to do with hardware and, and systems and data transfer, uh, chain of custody, or data center, all went through him. So anyway, he te- he's been on these programs, and he's been in articles cited by, was he most like uh, recently on? Well, actually, no, he was included in that Popular Mechanics article. Uh, anyway, so this guy's Greg Voris. He says these two dudes came on the helicopter, came in, demanded all of their S1 radar advanced spy system data, all of the advanced FLIR systems, all of the cockpit to cockpit communication, everything was seized off of this shift uh, within a number of hours. Now, not a couple hours, but within like 48 hours, I believe, and, and somewhere in that time frame. You know, basically all this data was taken, not copied, taken, 
And this guy, Greg Vorey, said he, you know, he was said that he had to destroy the rest of the data. So he scrubbed the system and took all the data and handed it over to these two guys and they left. Now, there's some generic flight suits and there's some other details that come out in the popular mechanics article. But however, so when me, a big nuts and bolts advocate, I'm sitting here thinking, ah, man, this is hard tech. We definitely have anti-gravity. This fusion reactor is real. And then I'm like, well, why would the government send two people to get the data on our own stuff? Okay, so there's an argument to be said where you can be like, well, it's such an advanced program that they wanted to see how our current security and monitoring systems, advanced radar, passive radar, you know, ionized atmosphere radar, all that sort of stuff. If they could, you know, how, how good is our technology? Randall, whether that's a, a hologram of some kind that is a plasma that gives off a signature. So whether or not they wanted to collect the data to see how that system was working or whether or not it was an advanced system that was some sort of anti, well, not anti-gravity, but some sort of gravity manipulation tech. Was that why they really collected the data? Or was it something that was totally, let's just call it off world, something totally unknown to our government? And that's why they went there to collect the data. So at first I was really like, oh, this is going to tell me something. And then when you think it through, they could have collected that data from a different compartmentalized group for all of those various reasons. So in the end, it told me nothing. But let's continue that our line of reasoning here. Uh, like I'm one of those believers in logic and reason, and that not every opinion is valid as the next. Some opinions do carry more weight than others. And so when we look at the hierarchy of reasonableness, my first rule of thumb is to say, well, if we can create it somehow, then it's probably ours, because it's more reasonable to say that that's the case than it's some alien craft from another who knows where, because we have no evidence that that, I shouldn't say we have no evidence, we have insufficient evidence that that is the case. Whereas we have enough evidence to say that, oh yeah, we could create a hologram and spoof radar and create a sophisticated training exercise to test some countermeasures. That I can believe. Yeah, it could be a UFO, but which one seems to be more likely? You know, it's aliens or it's a military exercise that they're testing some countermeasures during a training mission, right? So I'd say that the training exercise with our own technology tends to be higher up on the scale of reasonableness than jumping to the conclusion aliens or something else, you know? You're right. They could be all of those things, but which one is the most reasonable? It's ours. I mean, that's what I come up with. So in order of probability, Definitely it's ours. That's got to be the first thing we have to at least disprove, right? That's the first thing you have to take off the table. Yeah. Are current humans capable of this? Okay, exactly. So then what's the next thing you take off the table? All right. I'm not willing to go to interdimensional beings yet because that's way down on the ladder for me. So that's getting out on the fringe. Yeah. yeah. So what what, what could be the next thing? Okay. Breakaway civilization. Or 1880s airships um, are the narrative that draws the continuity to some sort of breakaway technology group that has, you know, we're 50 years into the future. That's how you explain that. And that's, by the way, when you really dig into it, that's a precedent. That would be like a legal precedent. If you were like trying to argue that in a court of law, there are so many secret societies that have advanced technologies that keep them for itself. It's nauseating. I mean, that's like a thing. People just need to deal with it. So, yeah, there could be breakaway technology groups that don't affiliate themselves with any government or religion. And good for them, by the way, across the board and all those things. You know, if they can just be autonomous technocrats, great. 
Are they sharing yeah, enough that, with us under a, those circumstances? Probably not. I mean, come on, right. make the world well, a better place. Okay, so that's a step up. Like that's that's going further. Like we've got the most reasonable rational. This is actually an interesting conversation because we've never really done this before. Like we've got Gene, you've got, you know, your, your position on things. I've kind of got mine. You've got yours. It'll be kind of, this is kind of cool because we can kind of see where we all fit in, in terms of our thinking for the show. Like, uh, what are these guys for our audience? You know, what is these guys' opinions and, and beliefs? What, what do we really think is going on? And Gene, I think you're the most probably conservative of, of the three of us. I don't know if I'm conservative. I can see some wacky things going on. I think that just saying it's E.T. is relatively conservative because no really self-respecting scientist will dispute the fact that there is life out there. The difference is we're saying they're here now and they're saying, well, they might be in the future. Well, let me ask you this. Like Mark was saying, he, he mentioned the interdimensional hypothesis, right? Being further out there towards the fringe. I think we all agree that there's a, a, a sensible, most reasonable explanation. And then there's ones that are kind of way out there. Where, where do you sit with the whole interdimensional thing compared to the interstellar hypothesis? It's just another means of transport. Okay. It could be the same thing but they get here through a wormhole or another dimension, or there's an alternate universe, a multiverse. There's an Earth 38, and we're the Earth one, and that sort of thing. How about you, Mark? We're like, so we've got interstellar hypothesis, and then I'm gonna, I'm just gonna guess here. I'm thinking you would probably agree with me that we've got interstellar, and then interdimensional is out there further because we don't really know. And as a matter of fact, the whole interdimensional hypothesis makes no sense alternate universes do but we don't know about them so would you agree that that's further towards the fringe than interstellar so for me okay it's our government no it's not our government is it breakaway civilization technocrats most probably okay then you kind of have a big leap because you're like okay modern humans industrial age fire, you know, a fossil record. You start looking at sort of these sort of um, mundane scientists, and you're like, hey, man, we were just kind of slogging through there for a while. So I think there's kind of a big leap, potentially, that you have to account for. So I kind of go from technocrat, breakaway, you know, do your own thing, and I lean towards that because that's what I personally would do. And then I, I kind of go into crypto slash ultra-terrestrials, and when I say ultra-terrestrials, I mean societies that experienced technological growth to some advancement either equal to or beyond ourselves, and we have ourselves as an analog, so we can all picture ourselves in 50 years. So if we don't get hit by an asteroid, you know, a civilization 500,000 years ago could have been sitting here today with the same technology, picturing itself 50 years in the future. Let's go to the future in our next segment with Mark, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. With more people listening to radio than visit Google, Facebook, or YouTube, from the very young to the very old, everyone listens to radio, pillow companies, alarm, identity theft, nutrition, insurance, banking, automotive, the list goes on and on. Billion dollar businesses. Why? The answer is radio, the media everyone tunes into. Find out how effective and affordable radio can be for your business. Contact 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Introducing Reveal from GCNLife.com. Beverly Hills dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman invented Reveal, which contains polypeptides with natural botanicals and no parabens, sulfates, silicones, or dyes for a salon-quality hair growth product. Reveal. Here's Dr. Newman. I have treated a lot of patients who lose their hair and they lose their confidence. We've created a unique set of polypeptides, which we call HPT6. The HPT6 contains the polypeptides from six different plants. The scalp infusion treatment should be used on wet or dry scalp. The Reveal hair care system is designed to be used for men and women alike. Get Reveal at GCNLife.com with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So try Reveal today at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Plus a discount up to 25% off for Reveal at GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. 
This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. All I want to say this, on the Paracast, we're back to the future. Go on, Mark. We are back to the future in past tense, but thinking forward. So basically, you know, I'm jumping from technocrats to crypto, ultra-terrestrials, and and again, like what I was saying is that there's a big jump there, and I think that it's, it's completely possible. In fact, we know increasingly that cyclical cataclysm plays a major role in not only our evolution as humanoids, uh, whatever that might be, uh, but also consciousness. And so at some point, we have to address consciousness into this whole idea of where, in, in terms of probability, do these theories fall? But anyway, so let's well, what go. I'm for- see- okay, what I'm getting from you from this then is that your your thinking is so far you you've started with a very earth centric perspective because even the whole crypto thing and the idea of civilizations evolving and leaving the earth it all started still here. Yeah, yeah. So we, but so, there's a twist okay. in there. But there's a twist in there. All right. So I'm just, let's just keep going backwards. So U.S. government, Chinese government, no. Um, breakaway civilization, next. Technocrats, no. Uh, crypto terrestrials, meaning civilizations that met or exceeded our technology in the past and then left Earth due to the ability to predict cataclysms through things like, of course, observatories, telescopes, uh, other you know space sensors, etc. They probably did the same thing. So asteroids come in, they leave off world, they go to Mars, they go to wherever they have to. Frankly, I, you know who knows what that story right. is like. Okay. Okay. Just that's the other one. So let's get past that. So crypto humans, they're out of there because then they lived under the ice in Antarctica and you know all that other stuff that, that gets bundled. And then you're into like you say interstellar. So interstellar is like what is propulsion systems like? What is time? What is relativity? And then you just start getting really bogged down in what is the actual time between two points in space when space is torsional and it's always moving and time is relative and bending, blah, blah. So we get past that. And then, you know, you get into modes of transportation. They get in modes of, of course, was alluding to and temporal transportation can be multiple things. However, this is where I'm going to throw a twist. All right. So I think that technology and the idea of consciousness will break this sort of linear thing that I was just describing. And there's there's other things in play here because there's ongoing mutation due to panspermia in between astral bodies, which you know uh, interjects new DNA into slow mutating, not evolving, mutating ecologies. But we gotta take all that to the side. Okay, so here's the deal. Technologically speaking, and let's go back to quanta and quantum here because this is a nice way to put a bow on this and circle back. All right. So if these things are phasing in and out, they're multidimensional, okay? So because now we've ended up way past interstellar, we're in interdimensional. Okay, so do they need to be from a different time and place? Or is the technology that they're using creating an effect that would make us think that? And when I say that, let's just start with what I think the you know physicists are kind of coming up with today. So let's go back all the way to the Navy patents. Okay. So the Navy patents, for example, I think that the one that had to do with the ship that was able to fly through space, our atmosphere and water at the same rate, basically uh, they were describing this as a technology where there was a cavity wall that was filled with a kind of gas that would vibrate new due to microwave emitters, essentially, and this would create a kind of time distortion shell around the craft. 
which would make it kind of phase in and out of what our time, our dimension. They don't really like nobody has an explanation. So I'm throwing that one out. Okay. Now we're getting way. Okay. Now for me, we're gone way out on the fringe now. No, I know. That's what, that's what I'm saying. We're way past (laughs) interdimensionals. We're going way out there. But What's interesting about it is we still come back to earth. Maybe it's not a coincidence. I, like your sciences, you're uh, are in the earth sciences, right? Geologist of some kind, right? Correct. So, I think that it's it's logical for you to 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 begin with the earth because you can relate to it. It's where everything that you you know and you've learned begins, and for that matter, ends for most of us here. It's it's all that we'll ever know. Well, and that brings me back to Joseph Campbell's comment, and I don't want to digress too much because I want to get back to this idea of consciousness being the missing factor in understanding UFOs. Okay, because we were getting wet on the branch on interdimensional stuff, but then consciousness is even further out in the branch of speculation than even multidimensional because uh, it's timeless, and so you have to remove that variable. So. Let's just talk really quickly about the technology I was going to refer to where it can make it look like it was multidimensional, but it wasn't in fact. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, We have a big discrepancy of schism in metaphysics and physics today, as we know, and that we talked about earlier, quantum physics, particle physics, and basically ether physics. But nobody ever wants to say that word anymore. But more and more, you'll find that it's coming back around. Anyway. So, you know, what are these things doing? So if you take it from the quantum physics perspective, you know, they're saying that these things have something called superposition. And I don't want to get too bogged down on this, but objects can be in two places at once. Well, when objects can be in two places at once, that means they can also be visible from two perspectives at once. So you have to take that into consideration. You can't, it's not necessarily time travel or dimensional travel. You just have to, you know, very simply take the superposition theory out of quantum physics and you have a modality that doesn't uh, actually travel any distance whatsoever. Okay. And so you want to talk about getting out there on speculation, all my quantum heads out there understand exactly what I'm talking about. Now, on the other side of that, there is a phenomena similar to what was explained originally through this archaic experiment called the double split experiment, where they described what waves do, but they didn't really explain what waves were, which is stupid if you really think about it. Anyway, so they had this double split experiment, and then as soon as the observer observes the phenomena, it turns into a particle. Okay, so apparently, if you want to take quantum physicists in the double split experiment at face value, there is a phenomena, which could also be a technology, right? If all you had to do is put it in a box, it becomes a technology, all right, where when you observe something, it becomes real. Okay, so nobody's talking about that, but very neatly packaged into the modern physics where you can actually get a degree in it. Are people talking about two things being in two places at once and all sort of stuff? And then we have supposedly crackpots and all these other people talking about UFOs popping in and out of existence. It doesn't add up. So I'm wondering for me um, what role consciousness and metamaterials, it's full of metamaterials back into this, are really playing with this phenomenon. Because, you know, it, it, it uh, I mean, look, it, if the earth blew up, would consciousness no longer exist? You know, I, I don't want to reach too far on the speculation branch, but at some point we have to assign the very uh, straightforward value that we exist, therefore X exists, right? Anyway, 
that, that's pretty philosophical from where we came from uh, in terms of the nuts and bolts thing. But if well, you, oh, it, that's it, gets, okay. it gets muddy quick, I mean, look, you can you can go down that route, and there, there there's there's so many alternative explanations. But look, quantum physics is, is like a made up thing, right? There's special states that things have to exist in. That's why I kind of flush all that, and I kind of just come back to the fact that I think these are just spacecraft cruising around. I have a question, of course, which is something we can discuss. We think maybe they're related to us. Maybe they're time travelers. Maybe it's a breakaway civilization. Maybe it's a race of people who left the planet after the flood or something like that to avoid a catastrophe or to survive because of a catastrophe. The big question here is, whatever they are, why would they be interested in us? If they fit into some of the categories I mentioned, it would be logical if they were just one amongst billions of civilizations around the universe, why would they care? I don't think they do, Gene. I don't think they do. I don't think that. I think that's why, you know, it's just not in our face. Like everybody has said this, if they wanted to come down and land in the front of your yard, they, you know, do it by now. You know, I don't think they care very, you know, look, man, what do we care about ocean? What do we? I'll put it this way. Um, like a really stupid example. Hey, uh, whales are swimming at depths in the ocean that men can't exist at, and they're talking to each other right now, making babies, having fun, having a couple laughs at the bottom of the damn ocean. You think that whale gives two craps about us? I don't think so, man. I think we have a little bit of a uh, uh, human centric, uh, you know, ego. <laughs> that, that it pervasively uh, affects all of our outcomes, scientific or social or otherwise. Well, what it's doing is making us feel that we are important enough for E.T. to come see us. So they're going to travel 10 light years, big deal, warp eight. Whatever it is, they would want to travel to see us. And there may be loads of explanations as to why they'd have an interest, or maybe it was just an accident. No accident here. We've got a break. With Mark, Gene, and Randall, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy we've got like i guess 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts sleeves for notebook computers ipad cases mouse pads the paracast jumbo tote bag all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women we have a paracast aluminum water bottle all this stuff you go to store.theparacast.com store.theparacast.com what makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. 
bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called argyroline, which is sort of a darling in dermatology right now. It's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals. And they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Back to the spaceship theory. Is it one race? Is it many races? Are we a stopping point to see how bad a civilization can be? I like something that we hit upon and what you just mentioned there, Gene. Like it's one of the things that, I mean, we can go back and we can review some of the, the, the reasoning. But the one about it being an accident, I think is really interesting because we have stories say you know we've got from the bermuda triangle the devil's triangle other places on the earth where people have experienced what to them is some sort of displacement in their existence where everything is out of whack and out of order and then they come back into uh, what seems like normal, you know, our normal world again. And in some cases, their, their time is not quite right and doesn't match. And and we have things like the Mandela effect that seems to indicate that people are changing places in different universes. Well, what if all of this is beyond all of our knowledge? And by all of us, I mean the aliens too. I'm going to, you know, I've said it before, I do believe alien visitation is real, but I don't know how they've got here. And you could be right. What if they're just cruising along in their saucer on their planet and they go through one of these places that causes this displacement and they suddenly find themselves here and they look out and they go, what's going on? Where are we? How did we get here? Some plane starts chasing them, and then away they go, and they just pop back into where they came from, and they go back to their own people and go, you wouldn't believe what happened to me, man. Like, we were just out flying around, and suddenly we were over this crazy blue planet with all of these creatures on it that were totally different, right? That is a possibility. Yes, but how does it explain 70 years of UFOs and possible UFOs through the centuries? I mean, if it's well, a one-time it, accident, there, are we yeah. so attractive as to keep them coming here? Well, there's been lots of disappearances and stuff like maybe it has something to do with, I mean, you're the one that brought up the idea that it's an accident. Now, maybe uh, somebody's got it figured out how to use that knowledge, like how it actually happens and control it. It may that may be the case as well. Now, personally, I think we're still dealing with the most sensible explanation being 
something interstellar, but it just being an accident on both sides of the fence is an actual possibility. I don't think many people consider it, but I mean, if it's going on here with us, why couldn't it be going on there with them and the two intersect sometimes and nobody really knows what's going on. Like we always tend to assume that the aliens must be so much further advanced if they're coming here like that in these little ships, maybe they have no idea how they're doing it either. Well, so the portal opens up like you see in some of the TV shows. In fact, there was a remake of Flash Gordon on, I think, the Sci-Fi Channel. Now, in the previous Flash Gordon stories, he travels in a spaceship to Mongo or whatever. Here they go through an accidentally discovered dimensional portal. Sure. It's possible. The Stargate, like the original movie, they did, they find a, a Stargate buried in, where is it, Antarctica or something? I think it was like Egypt or something. It was like, it, turns it, it opens up like Indiana Jones or the mummy or something where they're right. over there in Egypt and they're looking and they pick up this artifact and they bring the artifact back to America and... Dr. Daniel Jackson, played originally by James Spader when he was thin and had hair. And hair, yeah. Yes. And he plays this scientist who believed in this stuff, but he was discredited. And now what he believed is shown to be true. Okay, that's the basic Stargate story. Hey, along those lines, just a quick little Easter egg here. If you go back and listen to the show with Brooks Agnew, that when we interviewed Brooks Gene, the new Godzilla movie that came out recently... Um, actually name-dropped Brooks Agnew in the Middle Earth Theory twice in that movie. If uh, you guys, film heads, want to go back and look for that. Oh, that's kind of cool. Anyway. So here we are, back to shop talk. You know, do we, do we just, do, do people even like us just sitting around a table and theorizing about what's going on? I mean, anybody can do that. What? We need, some, we need some feedback from our audience, you know, what you guys want to hear from us, what direction you'd like to see us take. And how we can do it. And if you've got ideas for guests, send us their contact information. That'll make it a lot easier for us to get in touch with them and ask them to come on the show. We do have a thread in our forums about guest suggestions. But nine times out of ten, no contact information, meaning we have to go and research it. Sometimes we find it, sometimes we don't. But if you know how we can get in contact with that particular individual, makes it easier. I'd like to keep the whole grassroots feeling alive, too, for the show, like that the whole podcast internet thing where we don't necessarily have to have, you know, the, the top name celebrities in the field. But if you know some person who's got some really interesting ideas and can talk about these subjects in an interesting way, like, uh, say, for example, one of our favorite guest is red pill junkie great guy to have on the show and we may be having him coming on in the near future too get him have them get in touch with us because people can join the round table as well i mean i used to be just a forum person and then i started participating in some round tables now i'm a co-host on the show anything's possible we really like the idea that everyone is welcome here so long as you've got some good constructive and interesting things to say and the point is, there are only so many so-called big-name UFO or paranormal investigators. Then there are people who I guess would be in the 
journeyman category. They come out with books, they write columns, and we get them on too. But the up-and-comers, we've had a few of those, and it's important that we do, partly because I'm sure you get tired of listening to the same old, same old from certain guests, and okay, that's fine. They said something nice. Let's hear what somebody else has to offer. Well, I think also, you guys, we're in an age where uh, or we're in the, the time when what is expertise in this field? You know, what are you a physicist? Are you a avid private researcher? Uh, do you have insights? Are you contactee, experiencer? I mean, what 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 qualifies you too? So, I'm not a big name person. Like, I, I get a little annoyed uh, with the YouTube's and the Twitter from some of these folks. I look at this whole uh, A tip thing as kind of a, a kind of a watershed for me. You know, it kind of like showed everybody what side they're on and what they were willing to believe and what they were pushing for. And, oh, gee, so much of it ended up being political. It's insane. Um, and you know that through the years, right? The way that this subject constantly crosses other social issues, et cetera. Well, the um, thing I wonder about here, too, is suddenly out of the blue, we have Tom DeLong. I see nothing in anything he says at any time showing me he has any expertise in the subject. He sounds like just a fan, but because he's a rock star with a big bank account, he could get more prominence. What's the, uh, how do we describe or define uh, expertise though? I mean, outside of being experiencer, is there expertise? I don't know. I mean, I see the, point, the point would be here, and Randall can define it, if you've been around for a while, if you've been published, if you've been heard on radio and TV, if people in general listen to what you say and accept some of the things you say, that makes you a personality. Stanton Friedman would have been nothing but a nuclear physicist or someone who was formerly a nuclear physicist until he was interviewed and started doing lectures and writing a couple of books. Otherwise, who would he be? Nick Redfern writes, you know, 20 books a day. <laughs> okay, stop the presses. The one, the only Red Pill Junkie will be joining William Puckett on this weekend's edition of After the Paracast. You can hear After the Paracast only if you're a member of the Paracast Plus. Visit plus.thepowercast.com for more information. Mark, Gene, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com.
Hey everyone, Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping, plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now, 1-800-583-8662, or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Again, go to Proactive.com and enter promo code radio. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Join me, George Norrie, at the Health Freedom Expo October 25th and 26th in Tinley Park near Chicago. The Health Freedom Expo is an incredible weekend exploring the latest in natural and alternative medicine with more than 100 lectures, workshops, and exhibits. Meet leading experts including Patch Adams, Lisa Oz, Ocean Robbins, Doc Wallach, Aaron Elizabeth, and so many more. Plus, I'll host a luncheon and discussion on natural healing breakthroughs. The Health Freedom Expo can help you learn to achieve a naturally vibrant and healthy life. Join us to explore how you can take your wellness into your own hands and meet others who are doing the same thing. Get your tickets today at TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com. That's TrinityHealthFreedomExpo.com or call 1 658 3976. That's 1 658 3976. TrinityHealthExpo.com or 1 658 3976. Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So I don't know what makes somebody a famous UFO or paranormal investigator. The late Brad Steiger wrote 165 books. But when he wrote his first book, he was just a teacher writing on the side. What made him well-known? Well, he came in at the right time, at a time when there was interest in UFOs, and his books were good enough to gain a following. Well, it's obviously the media, right? In his case, books were his, his medium, or form of media. And uh, he, was, he was a good and interesting writer, and there weren't a lot of them 
at the time as well. So he was able to uh, fill that market. So it's all about the market and about media. That's what makes a person famous. What makes a person credible or gives them any expertise is years of study and critical thinking and trying to sort out issues in a way that makes sense. That includes people like scientists and, who are working on projects like, say, the Hestelin Project, even our former co-host, Christopher O'Brien, who's got the San Luis Valley Camera Project. There's a guy who's gone out and done, I don't know, probably thousands of miles of on the scene, in field, in the field work. You know, that really deserves a lot of respect and written books as well. I mean, we're, he's very well-versed in his history of it and doesn't really take any BS. And that's gotten him in a little bit of hot water sometimes, but you still got to respect his approach. Yeah. And, and, and there recently there's a number of very well-intended UFO groups that are popping up. I mean, we know the usual suspects, but you know, for example, uh, very, very recently in the last few months or something known as UAP Expeditions Group. Uh, this is made up by ex-military and NASA personnel. Um, I believe the head of this particular nonprofit is Kevin Day. And he was like a naval, I think he was just a petty officer, but he was a radar officer. But he has put together a brand new group. Are they under-affiliated with uh, Kevin Newth, uh, that's the son, that's the NASA guy. That anyway, the point is, is there's a a lot of really credible people starting groups, foundationally that have a lot of experience and and a lot of foundational science behind them that haven't popped up before. These aren't MUFONs. I think one of the great things about, and I, I'll go back to this, the videos and all the metadata that was released with those videos. You know, this has really spurred a renaissance, I think, in physics. And we're seeing that in some of these nonprofit groups that are being made up of what one would think of as a traditional white coat scientist. It's exciting. It's exciting that it's getting this much uh, attention. Now, whether or not we ever resolve if they're, you know, more like us or less like us, the fact that it's almost like science fiction, right? You guys, where science fiction spurs a lot of thinking, you have these great minds. It's like weaponizing science fiction. Well, all of a sudden we have these tapes come out and all these great young physicists are like, how the hell do those things do that? You know, and then it just gets them cranking the wheels, get going and stuff. And then they start forming groups. And so if, if there's one big takeaway, I think, from this latest uh, 2018, 2019, the, the revelation, the release of these videos is really this, this young wave of, of physicists coming up that are saying, okay, this is actually real. I can put some real thought into this and not, you know, get scrutinized for it or, or you know, get, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's a really positive on. thing. Yeah, yeah, sure, it, it's, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm literally looking at this new group, you know, right now, and, and, and here's their deal. Here's their mission statement. It, the group is in this early phase. Uh, the goal of the expedition, or what they're calling an expedition, is actually their nonprofit, uh, is to give some ground truthing. I think, so that's the key, ground truthing, we aim to try to observe these objects directly and record them using multiple imaging modalities. And that's what I brought up earlier about the fact that our sensing and radar technologies have actually advanced to the point where we can pick up these modalities that operate within physical systems that aren't well understood, right? So our sensors have caught up, and this is exciting because when sensors measure things for multiple, through multiple modalities, 
you know, you're getting independent verification from the same point source, which in science, I don't want to get too weird, but that's a big deal. So if you have a camera in one position, but you have four different types of cameras, you know, meaning spectral ranges, thermal, infrared, near infrared, uh, you know, all these sort of things. If you can get an image of an object from the same point source, but from different optical instrumentation, and that's kind of what they're referring to here is what you would call ground truthing. This is a big deal. The problem is, how do you deploy a platform, say a drone or something, <laughs> soon enough after an event where you can actually acquire that type of data? So, it, so, And then, even if you get it, the problem is, is you're still dealing with just images and data. You're not dealing with the actual object. And so, I mean, yeah, okay, we might be able to prove something is there. For, okay, so for, as a person who's been in ufology for since I was a kid, I don't need any more convincing that they're there. You know, what we need is more evidence about what they are. Like we know they're there. We just don't know exactly what they are and how they work. Yeah. Like you were, like you were suggesting though, maybe some of these different sensing equipments can give us some more clues to that, you know, because we'd be dealing with different ranges and, and who knows, we might be able to come up with some sort of, or evidence that is suggests how they work and then maybe we could make our own but but even that wouldn't really prove that the thing was actually there in its you know whatever it was it, it just it's so frustrating why do you think that is mark why do you think that okay if we assume we know they're there why is it that they don't let us have the verifiable scientifically valid evidence we need to prove it to the world why did they do that? It, it, only there's two things. They don't want us to know much about them. Mm. So there's some sort of purpose there. Uh, or uh, the other thing is the technology is just too, you know, it's just too foreign to us that we really haven't been able to wrap our brains around it. That's kind of what I meant earlier about this idea that, you know, we're on the verge uh, in science of understanding spooky action at a distance. I mean, look, as a species, we've been, we have all these centuries of hard science under us, and we just, you know, and, and we're dealing with something today that we have no idea about. We, we don't understand uh, wave collapse. We don't understand quantum. We don't understand these things. So we live in a time where, uh, I guess the environment is showing us analogs for exactly what it is we don't know. And there in that space is, it has got to be where this resides. That's, that's, an, that's an interesting take on the whole thing. Like it's okay. So the best I can figure when it comes to what you're talking about with wave collapse and uh, particle wave duality. And when you were talking about consciousness affecting the outcomes uh, there's there is a little bit of a confusion about how some of that works. So, for example, consciousness has, and we're not entirely sure about this because it was another experiment that was done uh, with the quantum quantum uh, eraser experiment. It's called but but we're going to break and find out more about this with Gene Randall and Mark. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump is once again sounding off about the whistleblower. USA's Chris Barnes has more. During a White House event on Friday morning, President Trump was asked by reporters about the week's public impeachment hearings in the U.S. House. At the root of the impeachment inquiry was his phone call with the Ukraine leader back in July that a whistleblower claimed should have been of concern. Asked if he would try to fire the still anonymous whistleblower, the president says, I consider to be a fake whistleblower because what he wrote didn't correspond to what I said in any way, shape, or form. The president was remarking during the event which was supposed to be honoring nearly two dozen championship collegiate teams. On Wall Street, the Dow is up 109 points, the S&P up 6, and the Nasdaq up 14. This is USA Radio News. Hi everyone, Wayne Alaroos. Listen carefully to another great offer on one of the most sought-after assets on Earth. The world of political turmoil just gets crazier and crazier. Impeachment hearings, China trade wars, Fed money pumping, which are creating bubbles that could burst any day now. With one exception, gold and silver, which are currently undervalued and have excellent growth potential in 2020. So here's another irresistible offer to help you cash in on asset protection while you still can. My sponsor, Swiss America, is willing to ship my listeners another popular silver coin, the U.S. Peace Dollar, for just $16.50 each delivery. While supplies last. You heard me right. There's an exclusive offer to my listeners by calling 800 289 2646. Write it down 800 289 2646. Get your supply of silver US peace dollars for just $16.50 each delivered. 800 289 2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. 
Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Randall, we cut you off. We're stitching you together now. Continue. There is this uh, idea out there that consciousness is what is causing the wave collapse, but it's not consciousness. What's happening in those machines, and I've looked at the machines, and this is what people need to do. They have to stop just listening to the sort of new agey woo people who want to get into this quantum woo thing. You can't even see inside the machines, period. Okay, they're they're sealed. There's no way that you're going to be able to consciously register a single photon anyway. What it actually is, it's the measurement. And so whatever it is that's measuring the particles as they are emitted and detected in the machine, that's what's causing it. You can be a person who's not in the room and has nothing to do with the experiment and come back and it'll be the same thing. So really consciousness is is one of those kind of red herrings that people who like to theorize about consciousness and quantum physics don't really have straight with that. I think that's true, Randall, and I agree with you across actually on every point, except for that, you know, or where, where I would add is simply that we know that consciousness is the phenomena of being able to actually acknowledge something. And to be able to acknowledge something, there's kind of two levels. Can you acknowledge something objectively or subjectively? So if I acknowledge something objectively, I'm assuming something else is conscious. And so we really don't know if whatever this is, is even being acknowledged by us. Because we have no, I mean, look, we there's arguments about people, whether or not animals are conscious, even though the word animate animale is actually it means to be have a spirit is the root of that word which is kind of stupid anyway so i mean look we're in a society where we're still trying to decide if plants and animals have consciousness and yet you know we're standing right next to the thing and then uh you know how 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 does that play in uh, to another life form well how how it plays in it's it's, it's a rudimentary we're kind of idiots man to be honest with you (laughs) This is where I was going with this, with this whole experiment, what we're talking about, what it suggests, and of course people are taking this seriously now in philosophy and uh, even in the sciences, is that we're living in a simulation. And that's where that all goes. Because if we're living in some sort of, and we use simulation very generically there, we're living in a construct of some kind where there's a central cause we'll call it a device we could look at it as an analogy to some sort of maybe supercomputer that runs the whole entire thing and from its perspective there is no distance things can be in two places at once there's instant communication there's spooky action at a distance because distance isn't relevant from the point of view of whatever it is that is causing the construct to exist in the first place it solves a whole bunch of these problems and so maybe what we're dealing with are phenomena that is as real to us as anything else that's that are being injected into our realm from whatever it is that is creating it in the first place. That's entirely possible. And that is what would make 
sense of what you were saying, how it's all connected, how those things like the wave particle duality, consciousness and everything else is connected. It could be connected through that mechanism if we look at it in that way. It seems to make sense. I mean, at least to me, I don't know about to you guys, but. No, I, I love the perspective. Yes. So funny is we all have our perspectives on ET. It'd be interesting if there actually was ET, how many different perspectives there would be on us. <laughs> you know, once you, once you acknowledge consciousness, it invites all these other things you have to acknowledge, you know, like hygiene. Okay, is another conscious being, do they care about hygiene? <laughs> I don't know. It gets weird quick when, you know, if, if our world is what it is, and there's a whole other world out there, and they got all these little quirks and stuff, uh, consciousness becomes a big deal. Because it, it, it kind of yeah. describes a system. It muddies the water, too. And we've got a huge consciousness thread on the forum where we get deep into this stuff. We actually have two threads on the forum. For that matter, we have the consciousness and, and the paranormal, and then and then we have philosophy, science, and the unexplained. And uh, recently, I was looking at the whole delayed choice quantum eraser experiment, and their claim there is that consciousness actually is a causal factor in wave collapse, which is really interesting because if that's the case, then that is a consciousness detector and up until this point we've never had a consciousness detector we just assume other people are conscious and possess consciousness is something that is about them our experience of the world but we have no way to prove it but if this is true in this delayed choice quantum eraser experiment that it is consciousness it's the first actual consciousness detector that we've ever made and and that that seems to have kind of gone above everybody's heads out there in terms of what's going on. It's just sort of, well, this is a really interesting experiment, but what does it mean? Well, that's one of the things it means. We could now determine, for example, in practical terms, whether something like an AI is actually conscious or if it's just a collection of uh, microchips that are doing very fast calculations. Because there's a big difference between intelligence and consciousness. Brendan, do you think if that's the case, if we live in some sort of simulation and et cetera, what is it about us that makes us so important? Why that that you know what for me, hearing you say that, that puts us squarely back into the center of the universe. It's not egotistical, but it's like you can't separate the two. If you're gonna make our existence so damn important, you know, everything else must rotate around us. Has that ever been brought up in the forum? Has anybody kind of brought that up about consciousness and and the way that we self-value our perspective, maybe, for lack of a better term? I don't think it's been discussed directly, but it is an interesting point. Because, you know, the, the idea is, well, perhaps consciousness permeates not only this realm, but let's say the realm of the machine or whatever it is that is responsible for generating this construct. Maybe there are beings like not unlike ourselves who've created a way to create universes. We're modeling universes in our supercomputers now. Who's to say in a thousand years we won't be creating universes, right? Does that mean that the people that we that our consciousness will be the only valid consciousness and that whatever happens to the creations within 
the realms that we create when we're able to will not have consciousness? Maybe we are something within someone else's or something else's consciousness. That's the other point. Maybe, but it all seems so dispassionate then, doesn't it? Like everything that follows these rules, it's, it's set up by rules, rules that are so exact that we can model them very, very exactly using computing rules. So it seems like whatever the construct itself is, is rather dispassionate. But maybe whatever created the universe generator, for lack of a better term, maybe they are just interested in what happens. And we're such a small little part of the whole overall thing that we're just not important to them. We are self-important to ourselves. Nobody else cares. Yeah. That's I mean, why, I th- for example, when people are abducted, you think they don't care, E.T., because they subject them to painful, primitive experiments. But then again, do we believe that's even a literal interpretation of what happened? You know what? We're going to break because we've been doing a roundtable featuring Mark Jackson, who hasn't been on in a while. He's going to be back more often, occasionally being a guest co-host. It's Gene Steinberg and Jay Randall Murphy. A few other announcements. In January, we expect to have Leslie Kane. And she was one of the authors of that original article about the Pentagon UFO study. So she has lots of insights to offer us. More to come with Gene and Randall and Mark. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with Reputation Defender. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with Reputation Defender. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with Reputation Defender. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 503 Paracast. The gold standard of paranormal radio. When we sat down to do this round table, just the three of us chatting, sometimes we wondered, can we fill a show? No, we can fill five shows. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just three of us, too. I wish uh, other folks would come on the round table. It'd be interesting to expand the conversation and get different perspectives. And it's really cool that you guys even invite your uh, listeners to do as much. I think other people make those offers, but I don't think there's genuine quite as the invitation that the Paracast extends. So if anybody's listening and wants to get your two cents in, reach out to Randall on a forum. Uh, let's let's dig into it. Well, that kind of brings up another thing then. you know. Okay, so we can get into ideas of constructs of reality. What is the nature of consciousness? We do those things on the forum. We talk about them. We're interested in them. But there's a whole other realm of the paranormal out there. We tend to dwell a lot on UFOs. Once in a while, we get into Bigfoot. Where does our audience stand and by audience i mean you people who are listening out there you know should we be getting into cryptozoology more should we be getting into uh, animal communication more should we be getting into ghosts and past lives and fortune telling like how far out to on the fringe should we go how much closer to home should we be in terms of our content we'd really like to get some feedback on that yeah, just to let everybody know. I mean, you can be comfortable. Randall and 
Gene have uh, just as much interest in those topics as myself, et cetera. Uh, by way of an update, I can tell you guys recently, a five-year five study was just completed at Lake Loch Ness or at the, at the Loch Ness. Uh, turns out that Loch Ness or Nessie is a form of rare giant eel. So what they did is they took samples of DNA from many different uh, places across the loch, including soil samples, et cetera. Hey, wait a minute, Mark. Yeah. Just let's just back. Did you just say they actually discovered a rare giant eel? The real deal, like not just a theory. Oh no, they have a. It's uh, taxological. No, they assigned the DNA to a type of giant eel that isn't seen regularly in the loch, but it presents an environment for this particular species to grow rather large. And so they think that that's kind of what's going on there, or at least that's the latest. Now, a lot of people would disagree with the science behind it because. How watered down does a sample get in terms of DNA? So there's a lot of contention there. Also, uh, recently in crypto news, I know that the original guy uh, in the 80s, early 80s, a gentleman, uh, the leading researcher into Bigfoot, Gigantopithecus, et cetera, in North America, sent some hair samples off to the FBI. John Greenwald recently at the Black Vault, and he put in a FOIA uh, to find out what happened to those hair samples because the idea was they wanted to resubmit them those samples for new, more modern, current techniques of testing the DNA, whereas in the 80s, when the FBI tested it and came back as inconclusive. So anyway, the big deal here is that uh, the FBI lost the hair samples. They can't find them. So the response to the FOIA with Greenwald and this researcher, I wouldn't believe is in his 90s now. I wish I could remember his name. Anyway, that's kind of a, a kind of a dust up in crypto right now. Crypto by way of science, how, anyway. You know how how the evidence always seems to disappear, magically disappear. Our uh, special correspondent William Puckett, he actually had physical copies of uh, the MJ12 documents, uh, and when they went out for analysis, they mysteriously disappeared as well. And you know, I do believe that he's sincere about that. I believe he actually had them. I don't think he's just making it up. You know, what's the deal with all of the disappearing evidence? That's another mystery all in and of itself. Or somebody screwing with us, putting that stuff out there to tantalize us, to misdirect us. I think the original MJ-12 documents were very likely efforts at misdirection, other than frustration from people who couldn't get any evidence, so they decided to make their own. Or maybe to smoke out people who had the real evidence. Yeah, either way, you know, William had copies of it, and then it just disappeared too. You know, and of course, we've all heard this, you know, the the claims of things like gun camera footage and photographs being just, uh, you know, and up to the Nimitz thing where we were talking about earlier, Mark, you were talking about how and we were both saying, yeah, the, you know, the evidence from the radar recordings and everything just gone. So there's definitely something's going on. Anybody that looks into this for any length of time is going to realize, no, there's something going on here. And after enough study, the only reasonable conclusion is, yeah, we've got some real alien visitation going on. Okay, one last pet peeve of mine here. Are we going to follow with the whole UAP thing, you know, that came out of NARCAP? Because, you know, I'm hearing this a lot more. But when you really look at the at what they're talking about and how they've defined it, it doesn't really address what it is that we're talking about, or at least what I'm interested in and guys like Stanton Friedman were interested in, and that's alien visitation, flying saucers, real craft, not just a phenomena. Right, but I think one reason to choose that 
is to make it scientifically acceptable and get rid of the term and the connotations and sometimes the stench, frankly, of UFOs. As much as we take it seriously and may feel it more accurately represents what's going on, I can see their point of view. That's not a good thing. We want to start with something new so we can give it more respectability, right or wrong. My point of view, and that is they're just throwing us under the bus then. They're just agreeing with it and saying, well, we're going to be so much better than the ufologists because we've got a name that doesn't carry the baggage. Whereas I'm thinking that what we really need to do is recognize that a lot of work has been done under the ufology label, really good work by a lot of people in history, and stand behind them instead of, uh, you know, throwing the rest of them under the bus. Like when they're talking unidentified aerial phenomena, they're talking about the visual stimulus that provokes a sighting report. Okay, and this... The reason I got into that is because it links up with this whole thing about consciousness and subjectivity. Look, this just is is a subjective thing. You know, it's not just an internal thing that's all in people's minds, a visual stimulus that people see. Radar waves don't bounce off stuff that's just in your mind, you know, whereas it's something real. It's not just a phenomenon, right? If alien visitation is real, we're not talking about just visual stimulus, we're talking about aliens visiting Earth. Let's say what it is. Let's call it what it is. Right. But if it turns out it's not aliens visiting us, we at least want to know what's going on. Might be It might be a combination of several things, including secret weapons and other things we don't know about and we haven't figured out yet. Sure. I say, fine. If that's what people want to investigate, if they want to investigate strange new animals or creatures that exist in the atmosphere or technology or something else, they're not talking about UFOs. Okay. UFOs are a very specific thing. They're alien craft. They're from someplace else. They're made by some other civilization. That's what we're really interested in. All the rest of this other stuff is just fluff. Like Friedman said, I don't care about all the rest. I'm interested in the flying saucers, and I think that once we start to go off on all these other tangents, we lose focus on what we're really about. Yes, but that's assuming one answer before the evidence is here to prove it. Yes, it may be physical spacecraft from other worlds, but we have to consider other possibilities, maybe not as seriously, but we sometimes have to sit back and look at at it all over again because we get so immersed in the discussion, we kind of lose our focus. But this is a discussion we will never resolve, at least in my lifetime, I don't think. Maybe tomorrow it'll all come down. Mark Jackson, do you still have a site up there we can check out? Yeah, I I haven't been blogging much lately. I've been busy doing other things like everybody. Locally here, I've been working, and I just want to put a plug out there for Anomaly Archives Austin. That being said, research continues. I'm always driving my research towards an eventual book like everybody in this field. But that being said, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm looking at things uh, like everybody and trying to find insights to move the narrative forward. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast community, group, fan club, whatever, on Facebook. And also look for the Paracast Plus. It's where you pay a few dollars a month and you get a special version of this show with better quality audio, free of the network ads. How about that? And you also get the After the Paracast podcast where you, you never know what's going to happen next. And sometimes we don't either. To find out more about the Paracast Plus, please visit plus.theparacast.com. 
plus.theparacast.com. Don't know how we end this since there are no guests, except Mark, kind of, because he hasn't been around for a while. So, Mark, thanks for coming back. Look forward to it. Come on in, everybody's fun. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast. <laughs>